big story in basketball yesterday. Kevin Durant doubles down. Gives the trade me or fire Nash and Mark's ultimatum to Joe Sy here to talk about it with us. Covers the Nets for the Athletic. Alex Schiffer, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Alex, thanks so much for joining us again. How are you? Uh, you know, this is supposed to be the quiet time of the offseason. I guess that doesn't exist here. How are Not you for you, brother. Not for you. <laughs> like sands through the hourglass. Mm. These are the days of the Nets' lives. Um, I, I, look, I know um, what, what transpired yesterday, what was reported, and then the, the tweet from Joe Sy himself who said, I, I back the front office and the coaching staff. Um, the, I mean, right now, is there any decision for Joe Sy to be made? Does he have a choice in what he does with that being the, the first communication he had with the outside world? You know, it's a good question. I, I think there's really good arguments for both sides. I would argue that getting in front of this isn't, isn't the worst option. And also, you know, if he were to do this, I mean, it, it probably would be unprecedented, right? Uh, an owner choosing one player over the rest of the franchise and cleaning house you know, from everybody above in order to keep them happy, it would set a dangerous precedent in, in the organization, also in, in sports probably as to what, you know, what, what's allowed and what's not allowed and, and what can you get away with and not. So I, I feel like him shooting it down quickly wasn't the worst move because it kind of is like, no, we're not doing this. You know, we'll, we'll find a trade partner at some point. Kind of gets rid of any lingering suspicion or – any idea that that this could be entertained. Yeah, and I think it adds some urgency to it as well because you certainly can't expect you know Kevin Durant to walk into a practice led by Steve Nash anytime soon. And same with Sean Marks now that he's burned those bridges. All right, let me ask you this: If I would, it, if I don't want to cut you off, but I would, I might disagree with that. Really, we've seen it before, right? I mean, Carmelo Anthony played wanted a trade out of Denver and played half the season before getting dealt. Dwight Howard wanted Stan okay. Van Gundy fired in 2012 and still played through it. So. We have – it's not a one-to-one. Those guys didn't, as you said, burn the bridge the way Kevin has, but there is some precedence for it in, in a slightly okay. different capacity. Okay. I, 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 I No, no. I, I think the fact that, that he's asked for two heads, that's unprecedented, as you po- pointed out. Okay. That's certainly, I guess, a possibility. Um, it, when it comes to the Phoenix Suns, they are not listed on Sham Sharania, Sharania's list of teams that are still in the running to trade for Kevin Durant because they don't have the assets that interest Brooklyn from what we've been able to tell. Where does this thing go in your mind if Kevin Durant is just hell-bent on playing for the Phoenix Suns? It's interesting. You know, I don't know if there's a great answer for that just because I I think traditionally we've seen when a star wants to go to a certain team, they tend to get their wish. I mean, Paul George going to team up with Kawhi with the Clippers is a quick one that comes to mind um, and, and Oklahoma City granting that. But, you know, I, I think there's two things here. Obviously, as you said, you know, DeAndre Ayton signing the extension, same with Devin Booker. Obviously, he was never really tradable to begin with. I mean, there isn't, and, and there's been a lack of other teams interested in helping the Nets get a deal done. I mean, the Nets already did know Kevin Durant anything before yesterday's news. Now I think that's even more so the case. So I don't, I, you know, we've tied, like I said about teams tend to give stars their wishes. I feel like this is a case where it's like almost like why would you give him his way after the way this is all gone? Right. right. So I, I don't. I mean, anything's possible as this new cycle has proven to me. Um, but I just it, it's a big leap for my brain to make on paper in terms of how they can get a deal done, yeah. and frankly, why teams would be interested in helping the Nets after already not doing so, and and the lack of assets available. 
Alex Schiffer from The Athletic, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Along those lines, using Joe Sy's language, operating in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. We were talking about this earlier. To me, and maybe I'm wrong in thinking this way, Alex, that does not only include what the package is coming back. To me, I think there's at least a little bit of a factor of where Kevin Durant lands. And those three teams listed in that article are all... Are, are, Eastern Conference uh, opponents, I imagine, you know, in an ideal world, Joe Sy would not want to deal or have uh, Kevin Durant dealt to an Eastern Conference team. How much do you think that factors into all of it? Not as much as you think, just because they just traded James Harden a few months ago in division. So they have to see him, you know, whatever it is, four, eight times a year, six times. Um, So they're going to be seeing plenty of him. It, It would be crazy to me if the Celtics deal happened just because Kyrie leaves Boston. Kevin comes in. Um, the full circleness of the the Kevin Garnett yeah. Paul Pierce trade. The, all the dynamics and storylines there. But I I think this is the biggest move in the history of the Nets franchise of the last twenty years, if not maybe ever. And they can't screw this up. So I I think location aside, they need to get the best possible return for him. And if that were to hypothetically be the Knicks, I think you do it. If it's the Sixers, you do it. Like I I think. I think there's too much at stake to worry about optics at, at a point. What What do you think would happen? And, and I, I agree with you that precedence-wise, you can't indulge Kevin Durant's uh, ask of getting rid of Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash. But what if you were to call his bluff? What do you think the reaction would be? Do you think that would really actually work for Kevin Durant? I think that's the question. You know, I, I'm not entirely sure. And, you know, his word doesn't carry a lot of weight right now, given he was just endorsing Steve Nash after the season yeah, ended. Yeah. And it's not like – I mean, Steve Nash had a quiet offseason. He's been on vacation, and he, uh, he – it's not like he's coached another game since Kevin Durant made that comment and gave him reason to, to change his mind. <laughs> so I don't really – I don't really believe that – I mean, they just gave Steve, uh, Kevin everything he wanted, really. I mean, the whole coaching staff – if you look at Steve's coaching staff last year – Almost every assistant, but Jacques Vaughn had a tie to Kevin at some point or another in his career. The roster, he's had a ton of say in. I mean, if, if you can't make him happy with everything you've given him, what, why is this going to be the thing that changes it? Alex Schiffer covers the Nets for the Athletic. He's our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Um, let's focus on, on Steve Nash and, to a lesser degree, Sean Marks right now. Look, I didn't watch every Nets game. I read all, all the headlines. I know what Steve Nash and Sean Marks dealt with. It was a circus last year. But in terms of his ability to coach NBA players, did you think that was an issue during the, the season at all? You left me out of that, man. I've dealt with all this, too. Um, <laughs> so I didn't mean to absolve yeah, you, Alex. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't well, – I get asked about Steve as a coach all the time, and, and I kind of give him maybe uh, too much so kind of like an incomplete because, I mean, he had the original roster for his first year, got blown up for the James Harden trade. Then those guys went out of the lineup the whole time. More so this year with Kyrie out of the equation for half the year. So, I mean, he's never really had a chance, in my opinion, to prove what kind of coach he is with a roster with continuity, not always in flux. You know, I, I think guys get up hard and play hard for him. You know, when in December when they had the COVID outbreaks and there was a game against the Magic, I understand they had the top pick, but, you know, Blake Griffin and Patty Mills were their two offensive focal points, and they had like eight guys on 10-day contracts, many of which Steve Nash met that morning, and those guys were buying in. He was getting them to produce and find ways for them to get shots. 
And I, I thought it said a lot about his ability to, to motivate and, and get something out of guys when he just met them that morning and didn't really know a lot about their game because of the, the unprecedentedness of the, the COVID outbreaks. But then again, in the playoffs, you know, I didn't think that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of adjustments both in game and throughout the series with the Celtics. And I've, I've had other coaches on other teams say to me that you know sometimes we think that he doesn't really change much. So I, I don't I, I don't know if there's a verdict on him right now just because of of everything he's been dealt, and and that's why I thought this coming year was a big year for him, and now it might be so in a different case. Yeah, uh, I'm curious on that too because um, I saw some reporting in the New York Post that you know, Kyrie Irving has the same stance as as Kevin Durant does on both Nash and Marks. Do you think that could potentially influence any ultimate decision in all of this, Alex? No, because, you know, first off, Kyrie's had the frequent absences. And, again, you know, the, the net stance has always been they were going to deal with Kyrie after, um, after they deal with the Kevin situation. You know, first Kyrie holds out. He wants to find a side-and-trade partner. Then there's been reports lately that him and the Nets are in a good place, but that's mostly come from his side. You know, there's so much cloudiness with him. It, it would not stun me if there's some last-minute trade to the Lakers that's, that somehow worked out before the season or if they just play it out with him regardless of how it goes, and then he walks in free agency. So Kyrie's got one year left on his deal compared to the four with Kevin. I, I think it's a totally different game given yeah. that I have a hard time believing Kyrie Irving is a net at this time next year. Alex, great stuff as always. Yeah, Thanks thank so much you, for joining us and filling us in on all the latest. We appreciate it.